Sunday saw the Vikings and Saints serve up a classic in London, while this weekend will bring the Packers abroad for the first time. But a game many of us have circled this side of the pond is the final NFL UK game, which brings the best-looking Jaguars team to English shores in a while. Welcome back to The Slant, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hogan. And today, we're talking about the blistering start the Jags have gotten off to with SB Nation's JP Acosta. Welcome aboard, JP. I know you're Florida-based, so first of all, i got to ask, are you okay after Hurricane Ian? I mean, obviously, it ripped through your, your area. Is everything okay after that? Yeah, I think my, fam- my family's doing really well. Um, we were lucky to be based in Miami, so the hurricane kind of missed us, which is lucky for Miami. Normally, when these things happen, we're the first city to get hit. But luckily, I was able to get my sister from Tallahassee for school. She was down here for the week, so... It was real. We were really lucky to not be super affected by it. Yeah, no, it's devastating. I hope everyone in Florida is recovering. Obviously, our thoughts are with them. Yeah, like I said, we're going to talk football, and you do way more for SB Nation than talk about the Jaguars. But you are a fan, and you speak on them as good as anyone can. And I suppose we're all kind of waking up this year to a Jaguars team that is suddenly relevant. And we almost have to play catch up because for years we've just pushed them to the side, not really watched their games. This year, we're kind of all of a sudden they beat the Colts. I'm like, oh, what's that about? They did hit free agency hard. They had a fantastic draft. If you have to rank, though, is the most important thing that they've done and changed this year, it has to be the coaching staff, right? Oh, 100%. It is so nice to actually watch a team and see that there's a structure and there's a plan in the organization. Like, before with Urban Meyer, even before Urban Meyer was hired, you could never really tell what the plan was. From head coach to office coordinator, defense coordinator, you were never able to tell, okay, what is your calling card? What is it that you do well? And the thing that I've loved so much about this Doug Peterson Jaguars tenure through the first four or five games is everything has a plan and everything has structure. Structure matters so much in football. You can't just go out there and like, freelance it willy-nilly like I know everybody sees the Patrick Mahomes plays and think like oh just build your entire offense out of that but you really you really cannot do that especially when you're a team like Jacksonville and you don't necessarily have the top end talent outside of free agency spending you you need to have structure and I think that's the one thing that Doug Peterson has brought and it's the one thing that has been emphasized in the things I've seen through the first four games for the Jaguars this year. I think you really notice that in Trevor Lawrence's play because, okay, was last year that he figured out the plays that he can't get away with? Or is it now that he's super prepared? Maybe it's a combination of both because I suppose, look, we'll talk about what just happened on the weekend against Philadelphia, but it's not a true reflection of what he's doing this year. If we go back a week earlier and we think about the LA Chargers game and it's like, the LA, or sorry, there's a Zay Jones touchdown there in particular where he's kind of getting flushed out of the pocket and Trevor Lawrence, he, he makes his reading, his calmness is there, and it's that he's been given the answers by Doug Peterson to know what to look for, and he stays calm, he throws such passes all of a sudden instead of getting rid of the ball too soon. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. He has the answers now. Last year, the offense was not built with answers in case something happened. There was no fail-safe. There was no, okay, if I get a blitz on this call, here's my hot route. If I get too high or middle of the field open, Against this play, I know where to go. It was just, y'all go out there and run some routes, and if it doesn't work, Trevor, make it work. But expecting a rookie to come in and do that like from day one is impossible for anybody outside of like the rare Andrew Luck. 
So the one thing that's happened this year with Doug Pearson is he's given Trevor Lawrence the answers within the offense. The offensive plays, the structure has answers for everything. I'm reminded of when they played the Colts, Colts played a lot of cover three, and then they blitzed a little bit. On the blitzes, you could tell it's like boom, boom, boom. Here comes this defender. Okay, I have my flat route wide open. That's an example of things that would not happen last year. There was no hot route built in. There was no answers. And Trevor Lawrence, despite being as good, as talented as he is, every quarterback needs answers for when you're faced with something that comes up unexpected. That's the one thing you can expect from defenses this year. It's kind of funny to expect the unexpected from defenses, but that's where defenses are going now with shifting coverages, changing the roles. It looked like too high at the beginning, and then they'll bring a safety down. That's the one thing that confuses most young quarterbacks is things that happen post-snap. Like you can see one thing pre-snap, and then it completely changes. So the one thing I think Doug Pearson has done has he has given Trevor Lawrence the answers for everything. If the safety shifts down from too high to one high, he's like, okay, here's my answer for this. And that's the biggest thing that not only the Jaguars needed, but every young quarterback needs. And I suppose it's the confidence of the players around him as well, because like in free agency, they went out and I guess they didn't get superstar names. Zay Jones has been productive. He missed the weekend, but he, he has been productive there. Evan Ingram has been great. But we laughed, and I mean we laughed and scoffed at Christian Kirk's contract. Right now he's 10th in the league in receiving yards, and he's looked really good. Obviously, we're wrong to have laughed and, like I say, scoffed at that like we did. I mean, it, it helps that they're getting the best out of these players. I mean, when Christian Kirk was with the Cardinals, they, they never really saw him as more than even a wide receiver three. Like, they just left him in the slot. Whereas he really is breaking out now. And I think that is down to his own ability and being put in the right positions by this coaching staff and then Trevor Lawrence knowing when to look to him. Yep. And I think the, the fact about being put in the slot with the Cardinals has really kind of shaped what he's done with the Jaguars. I think last year in Arizona, he was one of the best receivers in the league at the slot in terms of DVOA. And this year he's blowing it out the water because now they're putting him in favorable matchups using motion, using shifts. And that's one thing that Doug Peterson has done, not only with Trevor Lawrence, but with every player on this team. He's putting them in the best positions to succeed. Evan Ingram is a guy you brought up. He was not used very well with the Giants. He was more of a, okay, you're fast. You'll just run deep every play. And it just didn't work. But now Doug Peterson has him running horizontal instead of vertical where he's running away from linebackers instead of running into a safety that has the cap on the defense so now it's just those small things it's the small little okay instead of having you run north to south we'll have you run east to west get the ball in your hands and you just keep going downfield with christian kirk it's okay you're really good out of the slot we're going to line you up in the backfield and motion you out there so you'll have a linebacker on you or you'll start as a slot receiver out wide and we'll motion you in the backfield you're going to get an easy tell whether it's man or zone coverage. So it's just putting players in their best positions to succeed. I think that is the main thing that I've gotten from this early Jaguars tenure that has me really excited about the future of this team. And the best comparison of that is probably one player that we haven't even mentioned yet, James Robinson. I mean, here's a guy that we didn't even know what he lost in the Jacksonville Jaguars team last year under Urban Meyer. And now he's looking like the star that we all thought he would be. It's even meant that like Travis Etienne, when he was drafted last year, was like, oh, is this the end for James Robinson? He should be traded away. Whereas now we're seeing them that they're two completely different 
kind of runners. Um, Doug Peterson understands when to use them, but it also makes a bit of a mismatch or mismatch. We haven't seen them on the field together, but you kind of expect as the season goes on, and Doug Peterson understands them better as Trevor Lawrence gets even more comfortable in the offense that you're going to have like, yeah, two pronged attack that worked out very well for Doug Peterson when he's in Philadelphia too. Yep. And I think that two back personnel started to take over the league a little bit. The James Robinson point is so interesting to me because not only did Urban Meyer just forget he existed, but he also tore his Achilles in December. There were moments in the off season where there were legitimate questions on whether he would start the season on IR or not. He shows up week one and breaks off a 20-yard touchdown where he shows more acceleration and burst than he did even during his rookie year when he was a Pro Bowl candidate. Like It's just those small things where you can tell the improvement in the player, but you can tell that Doug Peterson is studied. He knows what these players do well and don't do well. Like with Travis Etienne, what he has him doing is he's the screen pass guy got to get him out of space, a lot of outside zone, a lot of toss plays, get him in space, get some blockers in front of him. When he finds the crease, you can tell when he turns on the R2 mode when they, when they play in the video game. You can tell when he turns on the acceleration because it is noticeable he is one of the fastest people on the field. It's just those small things about using the running backs together that I think could start to happen in later on in the season. I don't think they've done it as much this year early. But like you said, as Doug Peterson starts to know the personnel more, as he starts to know the matchups more, I think we're going to start to see it more because I think that's where the NFL is trending. Like like I said, the Packers use it sometimes. The Cowboys do it a lot with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. It's just ways of creating matchups for your best players where you have to keep a linebacker on the field or they're going to run you over. But if you put a DB down, if you keep your linebackers on the field, they not a lot of linebackers keep up with Travis Etienne in the passing game. So it creates a matchup nightmare for defensive coordinators, which I think is really cool. Well, it's really cool when you have him on your team, but I think we saw one element that he hadn't really faced before, and I hate to put you on the spot, but maybe you can help me out here because I couldn't think of it. What beat Trevor Lawrence in the weekend was weather. He went into this game, he had really cleaned up his turnovers. Last year, Like he had too many, what was it, 17 interceptions and handful of nine turnovers or fumbles and um, he went into this game with the single interception so far this year going i think in week one he comes out of this game he has another interception added onto that and four fumbles it's the most that has gone unrecovered by a single player in nfl history but i think in the long run i'd say we can probably agree that it's good that he got this out of the way especially now we if you think back in the playoffs a couple of years ago when lamar got trapped in a really awful weather game and it dumped the ravens out of the playoffs it's kind of good that Tra- trevor lawrence has had this experience if they have to go on the road or whatever later on in the year he, he'll have learned from this right this was probably a good thing even though they got trashed by the eagles in the end i think that there's a massive positive to be taken from that game oh absolutely i think having five fumbles in a monsoon is kind of Par for the course when you consider nobody was able to hold on to the ball. I think the Jaguars had five or six drops as a team total. So it wasn't just him dropping the ball. It was everybody on the field. And I think this is something that obviously the Jaguars can learn from. They're one of the top five youngest teams in the league going up against what is now probably the best team in the league on the road in a monsoon. And you only lose by eight. I'd consider that a win. I consider that, okay, we know what we need to improve on, but we turned the ball over five times and still came within a touchdown, a two-point conversion of sending this game to overtime. So I think the fumbles 
really should be more of an aberration. It's not, it's more just an outlier rather than a trend, a problematic trend, because he really hasn't had fumble issues to start his career. But again, this was a literal monsoon being played in. So you kind of, you take those lumps. You got to chalk that one up to mother nature. On the other side of the ball, there's been someone that's been able to get his own turnovers and it's Devin Lloyd, who I suppose slipped in the draft because of, I suppose, positional value and people didn't know what kind of impact he was going to make. Devin Lloyd, and you spoke about youth there a moment ago, when you look at the defense, Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker have been huge additions to this defense that also got the likes of Darius Williams from um, the Rams. And I suppose there's been this kind of transition that's happened. Now, Trayvon Walker hasn't had, you know, the stats, the pass rush needs to get better or whatever. But at the at the same time, like he's really helped in the run game. And then Devin Lloyd has made a massive impact. And right as we as we speak, he's the defensive rookie of the year can or favored for the to win that. This this defense has gone through a lot of change. And I suppose Mike Caldwell needs to get a lot of credit for that. And it kind of looks like they could hold up against a lot of good offenses. Yeah, this defense has a lot of attention is going to go to the offense just because of Doug Pearson and Trevor Lawrence. But this defense has probably been the most fe- most impressive unit for the Jaguars this entire year. Considering they shut out a Colts offense in week two that we thought initially was going to be very good and then dominated a Chargers offense that still is one of the more explosive op- units in the league. It's so fascinating how Mike Caldwell uses the guys that he has. Tr- Trayvon Walker, like I said, doesn't really have the sack numbers. But if you watch the game, you can tell his impact, not only in the run game, but in freeing up pass rush for Josh Allen, who is putting together an all-pro caliber year on the edge. So it's just getting those guys in the right positions to succeed. They run a lot of formations where they'll have Trevon Walker on the inside, and then they'll walk down their two linebackers, Foyer Olukun and Devin Lloyd, who has a lot of experience as a pass rusher from his days at Utah. They'll walk him down the line of scrimmage, and then you're basically asking, pick your poison, if they, they can blitz, they can bring pressures off that, they can drop the guys into coverage. There was a play against the Chargers where Trayvon Walker dropped in the coverage and deflected a pass that was going to Austin Eckler, and he's 6'5", 275 pounds. That should not be a thing that is happening. You shouldn't be able to drop your edge rushers into coverage, and they should be able to move like that. So I think the ways that Mike Caldwell is using this defense – and varying up the looks, varying up the picture. I think a lot of focus among the NFL and among NFL media is changing the picture in the secondary, but changing the picture up front is all, is just as important because offensive line will think one thing. They'll think there's five guys in the line of scrimmage. We'll go man, we'll go man blocking. I have a man, the man right in front of me. So then the Jaguars will drop a guy and then add a guy somewhere else. Now they have to adjust on the fly and that opens up somebody for a sack. So I think it's just those little things of knowing tendencies and how to get your best players in positions to succeed. Like we, that's kind of been the trend for the Jaguars this entire year. But defensively, you've seen it. You've seen it. And it's been evident week in, week out. I know the Eagles game is kind of going to be a turnoff for people for the Jaguars defense. But I think a lot of that had to do with being given a short field off of the fumbles. And the Eagles are the best team in football. So that's what happened. 
and, and they still had their uh, pick six in the game as well. And I suppose what really impresses me is when you think back on when the Jags last got to the AFC Championship game, it was off the back of a defense, but it was a defense that was kind of more established. The amount of turnover, even that we're talking about there, that they've had with the starting unit on defense is incredible. So to be produ- producing at this level so uh, soon, like even like o- over the weekends, Darius Williams still looked more comfortable than he has all year. And this is after what, week four? So it's as that grows together, I th- I'd always, almost say it's more underrated because the offense has got off to such a hard start that you almost take for granted that they've glued and clicked so fast. But I've been really impressed with how they've gotten and assimilated to that turn or that turnover in the players so fast. It gives you a lot of confidence going forward, especially there is some tough games on this schedule, but it loosens up towards the end of the year too. Yeah, it gives you a lot of confidence in this Jaguars defense because they are so young, the hope is, and the thought is, okay, as you keep playing, the reps are going to start to happen and you're going to start seeing things that you've seen before. So you mess up fitting a run on one play, you see the same play maybe a couple weeks later, you know how to fit it now because you've seen it before. I think that's the big thing for this Jaguars defense, especially up front with Devin Lloyd and Trayvon Walker being the rookies that are kind of not the engine of this defense, but they, they're providing a lot for this defense. Devin Lloyd is, like you said, has been one of the best defensive rookies this year, and it's because of his versatility. Like, they'll have him drop into coverage and run with a tight end on a wheel route like he did against the Chargers, or they'll walk him down the edge and have him rush the passer. So it's just having that versatility is good, but it also creates a lot of hats. It creates a lot of assignments, and sometimes you're going to mess up because it's a lot of stuff to carry on as a rookie in the NFL. So as the year goes on, I think the defense is going to get better and better, which is a scary sight considering leading up to the Eagles game, they were second in the entire NFL in DVOA against the run. That's only going to get better. Yeah, if you wanted to be very selective, you could say they shut out the Colts, then they held that really potent LA Chargers offense at 10 points, and then they even had another quarter on top of that, holding the Eagles scoreless for uh, the first 15 minutes. But I suppose one thing that I do like when we're talking about Trayvon Walker is how kind of humble the defense is as well because like when you think back in the Jalen Ramsey years like they come in they're big personalities Trevon Walker was just drafted first overall and he kind of just keeps the head down like I like watching him in interviews he just seems like a nice guy and he's not like okay maybe who knows maybe the the sacks start to come or whatever but even he showed he showed massive flashes like in that interception that he had in the first game it's not like he went off and talked big talk after that it's not like Devin Lloyd is coming out and being a distraction and I wonder is it kind of that these guys are all new in the team they're still getting to know one another and they're keeping the head down versus yeah someone wants to be a superstar and you know trying to earn a contract and I know that's kind of like a very niche point to be kind of making but I do like that there's no larger than life personalities I don't know what the leadership is probably like yet if they were to be in a playoff game who's the one that's going to be standing it up is it going to be a Darius Williams who's with the LA Rams is going to be in a Luocon um, I do think it's interesting there that maybe that's going to rear its head later on in the year who's going to stand up as the leader but um yeah i'm definitely kind of enjoying following the jaguars as of right now i suppose people listen to this we're getting excited as the jaguars are coming to london at the end of the year and like i said at the top of this they are coming with a unit that is looking far better than what they normally roll out and people are genuinely excited they have coming up on the before they come to london they have houston on sunday who they have not lost or beaten in eight attempts they then will have the Colts and the New York Giants. 
tell us we're going to be getting a Jaguar team coming here with a winning record, right? The way you put it now, I, I definitely can see it. I think Houston is going to be a very feisty team just because it's a division game, and for some reason, the Jaguars can never beat Houston. It's very weird. The Colts can never beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Jaguars can never beat the uh, Texans. And then for the last few years, just the Titans have had Derrick Henry. It's That's just going to be the ultimate trump card. But if you look at the other teams on that schedule, like you said, you have a Colts team that is in a tailspin, a dangerous tailspin. And then you have a Giants team that, despite being 3-1, and one, doesn't have very many impressive wins on their schedule. And – Right now, they don't have a quarterback, and I don't know what that quarterback room looks like or what it will look like in three weeks, but this is not the team to go against if you don't have a quarterback because they will make your life miserable up front. So you definitely could see a Jaguars team with a winning record coming into London. This is this could be a team that logistically could be coming showing up 5-2 and two maybe. And yeah. for me, think – the Jaguars be five and two through the London game is completely out of my expectations. I mean, when you when you start to look, so after so they play Denver, who we don't know what shape Denver is going to be in when they play them in London. I think the Jags at this the way things are going will go into that game favor. Then they play Vegas; they could be favored for that game. Then real tricky opponent before they hit the boy in week eleven is Kansas City. But when you start to and we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, and I want to get it get out of here in a minute, but as a fan, as an analyst, as everything, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a massive chance to make the playoffs. Are you excited and think that they can make some moves later on this year? I'm starting to believe, and it's a dangerous thing because I said at the beginning of the year, I was hoping for six wins tops. Maybe they wow. I was like, maybe they make the playoffs. This is a really young team, and I don't know what this is going to look like, and this schedule looks really rough. Now, the Colts don't look very good. The Titans are still hit or miss. And you have the Texans, who are still trying to rebuild. This is a very winnable division for the Jaguars. Not only could they make the playoffs, but they could win the division and host a playoff game for the first time since 2017, which is super impressive, considering that this is year two of the Trevor Lawrence project or the Trevor Lawrence experience, and you're already hosting a playoff game. So it speaks a lot to the structure that's been brought in by Doug Peterson and not only him, but everybody on staff has so much experience. I just think of Brinson Buckner, the defensive line coach, who was an NFL player, worked with Chandler Jones in Arizona. Now he's here at the defensive line. You've already seen the improvement. So just having everybody on staff with the experience that kind of supplants like like you said earlier, not having kind of a leader when you get to those playoff moments on the field, you have arguably the most one of the most experienced coaching staffs in terms of playing time in the NFL and coaching throughout the entire league. So it's given me a lot of excitement. And I really think this Jaguars team, they could win the division just based on they've looked really good and everybody else in the division has not. Yeah, and it's really interesting when you say that, and I promise I am trying to get you out of here, but when you're talking about Doug Peterson's staff and what they can do in a playoff situation, what we just saw them do with the Eagles only a handful of years ago, and I'm kind of looking at the list of the first-year head coaches here, 
And look, Brian Dable has worked wonders with the New York Giants. He's gotten way more out of that roster than you'd imagine that he could have done going into the year. But it must be between Mike McDaniel and Doug Peterson for the guys that have really hit the ground running the hardest. And it's like with what's playing out with two at the moment, I'm not saying that's an experience on Mike McDaniel. There's far more to it than that. But that's what helps with Doug Peterson, that he has all this wealth of experience. And it's showing up versus some of these other first-year head coaches, the Kevin O'Connells, they can't make another potent offense click. Look, all that's for a story for another day. We did mention a good bit here, though, 2017. And just before we recorded this, we had the announcement of Blake Bortles' retirement. What are your passing words to um, Blake Bortles? He faces out into the abyss and he leaves us behind in the NFL world. Thank you for all the moments, good and bad. I remember seeing on the couch in high school, watching him throw 30 touchdowns in a year. And I remember sitting there being extremely mad. They threw an interception off of somebody's foot multiple times. So I'm happy for, I'm happy for him. And I'm, I'm happy that we got to experience those moments, good and bad, because you're probably never going to see somebody throw an interception off of a foot ever again. It's amazing the reaction that he's received today. It's so positive and isn't that great, especially it says a lot about Jaguars fans because he got some length of slagging when he was in the NFL. But uh, look, I want to thank you for your time. JP Acosta on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. You can catch your column with the with SB Nation established the fun on Fridays and then you're writing for the website all week long. So uh, thanks a million, JP, for joining us. It was a pleasure talking Jags. And uh, yeah, let's uh, hope for a good year for you through the rest yeah. of it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it.